What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast. You're listening to episode 112. 112. You know what that brings hey. to mind? Remember the R&B group 112? Yes. Out of Atlanta? Who doesn't remember them? Well, at least, I mean, people our age, who doesn't remember them, you know? They had like a couple of hit songs, right? <laughs> In the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Peaches and Cream. Yeah. What else? What was that other one? Um... They did a song with, um, well, it was like a remix. Only You? Yeah, with Notorious B.I.G. and and, uh, Mace. Mace. Mace is terrible. (laughs) He's one of the worst rappers ever. Did you ever see the documentary that he did where he was like, Talking nothing but shit about Bad Boy and Puffy, Puff Puff Daddy. I I know which one you're talking about, but I never watched it. it. He just exposes the record label and exposes puff daddy and um how he took advantage of biggie and yeah and about how pretty much every artist that was signed to the label back then is either dead or in prison i mean that's true and you know puff the ones that are still alive and not in prison puff puff daddy owes them a shit ton of money junior mafia that he refuses to pay (laughs) yeah yeah i know biggie's mom does not like puff at all yeah and then puff's bodyguard gene deal he's always on youtube posting videos and speaking about how puffy pretty much took advantage and stole all kinds of money from all the artists yeah and gave out crappy contracts and stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah speaking of rap you and i had a conversation was it last night or this morning about Lil Boosie. He's coming to town. And we were yeah. talking about like how Southern rap, like what, what Southern rap we enjoyed, what Southern rap we hated. And he's out of Louisiana. And I've never really gotten into any of his music. Like there in like the mid to late 90s, you started having a lot of artists coming out of like the deep, deep south. Like Atlanta, Georgia, Mississippi, uh, Louisiana, to me, they all fucking sounded the same, and I think that's why I never really cared for them. Other than Outkast, that was like the only group or artist that that came out of the Deep South that I really enjoyed their music. I wasn't a fan of uh, Boosie, Webby, Little John, Ludacris. I was a Ludacris, fan of Ludacris. Ti. Ti was I okay. Mean, 21 Savage, he's new, <clears throat> newer, but he's from Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, Lil John, Lil John has some hits. Well, here's the thing <laughs> about Lil, here's the thing though. about Lil John though is he's not a rapper. Right. He's a produ- He's like the DJ Khaled of the South. Right. He's like a hype of the man. deep South. He's like a he, DJ. Hype you man. can't call yourself a rapper when all you do is say yeah and okay in all your fucking songs. Like he he, he makes the beats and he produces the songs, but he don't rap. But he like elevated that genre of music, like crunk music. But yeah, the crunk, in the, South. the crunk music. Yeah, he he's the inventor of that bullshit. Yes, and that didn't last long at all. No, it was more of an early <laughs> to mid two thousands. Yeah, that kind of phenomenon. That crunk shit didn't last very long. A couple no. years in. But with Boosie, he's from what Louisiana, and yeah, I, I I don't know, know what part, but I think he's from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. He's from, you know, southern Louisiana. The reason I've like learned more about him is through interviews. Vlad TV does a whole bunch of interviews with him, and his funny reactions on whether it be TikTok or Facebook, YouTube. Like he's funny. yeah. That's that's the thing. He's is, a character. Is he is he really hasn't. I don't at least that I know of has released any new music or new albums. He's just still relevant from his social media accounts. Yeah, and his personality. Yeah, but he seems to be pretty popular, and it's it's kind of surprising he's coming here. I remember the he went to um, Dallas and got shot <laughs> when Mo three got killed. He went to his funeral. <laughs> he he got shot in the leg and <sighs> niggas can't take him yeah, nowhere. He's uh he I guess I saw it on Instagram earlier that he was coming to town. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about like w- what age groups are going to be there. And I feel like a lot of the newer generation won't really vibe with his music. 
because he is a he's, he has been around for a while. If newer generation go, it's be, it's because they follow him on social media. Right, and they just they just want to go to a yeah famous artist concert. But yeah, the, the music in the South back then. I mean, I was into the Houston rap with yeah. Millionaire, Paul Wall, Third Coast, all that stuff was mm-hmm. really hot when we were in high school. Oh yeah, and of course, all the stuff that came before, like the Ghetto Boys. Really, just rap in general right now is just not that great. No, the lyric, mm. the lyrical content has really kind of swayed one way towards just straight violence. I mean the the lyrics are still the same, but it's like depending on the artist that that it's more disrespect, it out there, it, like yeah. towards other artists. And I'm a smoke you dead homies. Yeah, I'm piss on the grave. Yeah, there's there's nobody other than maybe Kendrick and and J Cole that are rapping about stuff that actually is meaningful, right? You know, or Jordan Jordan Lucas. You know, like all you still have all these like mumble rappers that are just rapping about shit that don't even make sense. Like, yeah, they got good beats behind it or whatever, but it's all it's all just auto tune and just mumble. That's that's what it is nowadays. No, you're right. You know, unless, again, you still have a few artists that, you know, like, for example, Kendrick Lamar, like, I think he's the best rapper there is out there right now. And would you consider, he's like, Drake? I mean, he, he, he's, he is a rapper, he's a but rapper, he's also... But he's also R&B. R&B, he, yeah. Um, he transitions. He is, he is definitely probably the most profitable um, and most recognizable artists out there of any genre right now he's the biggest like everybody knows who drake is it don't matter yeah. who you are that, what his you last album to. was ass it was like a dance album yeah like a good vibes like i i just i couldn't get into it the last one i really enjoyed was the um if if you're reading this it's already too late the mm-hmm. 2015 i think it was that that was right before views that album was my he's, he's he's had a couple of good albums since then i mean to yeah. me um i didn't mind his newest album there's there's a few good songs i tried i tried the it certified lovable lover boy I, I think that's what you're talking about yeah um yeah I, I, there's a, a few good songs on there that i really like um this collab album that he did with 21 savage is pretty good too i mean not the whole album but there there are some good songs off of it so I haven't listened to his new new song that just come out. His newest single is Search and Rescue. I haven't heard it yet, but um I've Drake is probably I remember when he first came out like in 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was fucking corny as shit. Well, like, everyone I was, didn't take I was him like serious. I was like this dude, this <laughs> he's going to be a one-hit wonder and now he's the biggest artist probably of all time. He is, especially in that genre of music, hip hop, rap, R and B. I like him because he is versatile. Like he can he can yeah. sing, he can rap, he can be gangster if he wants to. And there's really no one that, that touches him right now except, you know, like Kendrick and maybe twenty one seconds. Yeah, Savage. I mean he's he's definitely not winning any awards. I mean, that's that's one thing that sets him apart from guys like Kendrick Lamar. Like Kendrick Lamar's last album is probably one of the best rap albums i've heard in a long time and of course it won a grammy for best rap album um this year so that's what sets him apart from from guys like drake drake ain't, drake's not winning no awards yeah he's making money and he's got number one hits but he's not winning no awards yeah and he's from canada he's repping the entire country of canada and Kendrick, you know, he's probably the the last like huge West Coast artist besides Nipsey Hussle, and he's still revered as one of the you know most recent top rappers from the West Coast. Yeah, you know, he he grew up in Compton, so he's he's got major influences. And Kendrick grew up, you know, like NWA in, and guys in like Compton that. too, right? Yeah, he's from Compton. Yeah, yeah. him and well, Nipsey's from. Nip- Nipsey, I think, is from Inglewood, right? Okay. I'm not sure. And they're also close together, too. Uh, I mean, they're both from, from L.A. Right. I mean, Same different area. neighborhoods. But I, I want to say Nipsey's from Inglewood, but I'm not really positive on, on where exactly on exactly what neighborhood he's from. I know Kendrick for sure is from Compton, 
But I want to say Nipsey's like from Inglewood or something like that. But I'm not positive. You might have to look that up. I know he was a part of the Rolling 60s Crips. And again, I'm not sure what neighborhood they are. Yeah, I just see Los Angeles. He's the most prominent rapper that was taken away from us, I guess, in, in recent times. King Vaughn was oh, no, murdered, he's, he's, too. He was from Crenshaw. Crenshaw, okay. Were you a fan of Slim Thug back in the day? Oh, yeah. I was a fan of Slim Thug. Trey. De- Devin the Dude. Um, Paul Wall. Mike Jones. Zero. Yeah. I was I was a big fan of Texas. And not, not to be biased, but there was just something about Houston or and even Dallas, Dallas hip hop that I was just keen to, um, you know, it's, I, I don't know if it, I, I don't us. know if it's yeah. geographical and you can relate to it. That's more. what I think it is. Yeah. For us, it, um, it you know, cause you know, Texas is not like, yes, we're the, we're the South, but Texas is not deep South uh, as, as country as uh, that's the nicest word i can play uh, we're not as Politically country correct. we're not as country as like louisiana georgia alabama mississippi maybe in some parts like southern you know. <clears throat> like south southeastern texas you know when you get closer to louisiana yeah it changes a little bit and down south with houston it's just a different vibe down there yeah but yeah fat pat big mo big hawk all those guys i loved them back mm-hmm. in the day yeah underground kings UGK, um, Scarface. But one, you can't you can't go wrong with those guys. No, you can't. Yeah, Scarface is very influential. I think Scarface to me is to me is the best or greatest. The, he's the goat of Southern rap to me. He's part of the um, Ghetto Boys. Willie D, Bushwick Bill, Pimp C would be a close second. Pimp C, yeah. Fat Pat, Big Pokey, <laughs> Big Pokey. <laughs> But yeah, one twelve. We we went down that rabbit hole. This is episode one twelve, and this week on Thursday, we'll transition to our next topic. We're going to go to a Sod Poodles game, and Hall yeah. of Fame quarterback Troy Aikman is going to be there. We just bought tickets. We did literally like that's going to be exciting. <laughs> Hopefully, he's like accessible, and you can maybe interact with them a little bit. I heard he may be serving drinks or something. Yeah, I heard that as well. Like, I heard that he's going to be serving drinks at the bar 352, which is mm-hmm. there in left field. Um, I, I here's here's what I expect. You know, we're we're in Amarillo, Texas. You have so many Dallas Cowboys fans here that even if he is accessible, it's going to be damn near impossible to get to him because of how many people are going to. You know, be trying to Congregate take pictures. Him, yeah. They're going to be trying to take pictures. They're going to be trying to get autographs. You know, up there, front and center, I could I could see you struggling trying to interact with them. Yeah, you probably got to have... Um, Some kind of special pass or something. Yeah, special VIP access or a business where you have one of the suites. But he's going to throw out the first pitch. He's going to be pouring beer at bar 352. I heard they're going to do be an like, interview yeah, around six fifteen. There's going to be like an interview, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like an on-field interview before the game. They're going to um, auction off autograph items as well, mm-hmm. which you could probably find all that stuff super cheap on eBay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good grief, that's certified. Because you know, when you go to these events and they have these prominent former players, Hall of Fame players, celebrities. The stuff that they auction off goes for way more than what it's worth. Mm-hmm. And rarely do you ever get to interact with the person right? and get like a personalized autograph. It's just something that he's signed. Maybe he didn't even sign it recently, but they brought it and they're trying to and sell that's, it. And that's how I see Thursday being like, we're going to see him on the field and everything, but I don't, I don't see us being able to, to interact with him very much. No, it's, it'll unless, be cool. Uh, to, unless, of course, like we said, we... Maybe get a picture. That'd be cool. Pay a bunch of money to get some kind of special pass to go on field with them or something, but I don't know. We'll see. I guess we'll find out, right? Yeah, they're going to play the Frisco Rough Riders, which Frisco's always pretty good. Yeah, that's actually... You know, I love the Sod Poodles... I'm I'm from Amarillo, so of course I love the Sod Poodles, but Frisco is the double A affiliate of my favorite baseball team, which is the Texas Rangers. So of course, um 
I'll probably be rooting for Frisco to win the game. <laughs> um, just because uh, they've they've always been my favorite since at least the mid-2000s. So... I want to um, go to a game down there. They've got like a they've got one a of lazy the best river fields. in the outfield. Yeah, they got yeah they got <laughs> one of the best minor league fields um, in the country with that lazy river in the back. That's cool as fuck. Yeah, like you just imagine watching a baseball game, sitting on a tube in a lazy river with a cold beer in your hand. There's nothing fucking better. Nothing. <laughs> I can't think of anything that's better than that. No, and other than winning the lottery. Yeah, that'd probably be better. <laughs> the Saw Poodle Stadium has it was voted that first year as the best double A affiliate yeah. stadium in the country, which it is a nice stadium. It is. I like the way it's laid out. I like the setup. The bar in left field's cool and then you can grab drinks or refreshments, food, all mm-hmm. through the concourse. It made it really accessible. You know, they're doing the no cash this year that which are they're starting that and done it before. Yeah, I think we talked about that mm-hmm. on on a, one of our previous podcasts. So we got to keep that in mind. We liked it or not? And whenever I I've, I've been to games before, I never had cash with me anyway. Like, so it's not going to be any different for me. I hardly carry cash on me. Period. Like, I I use my card for everything. So, um, and now that I have, I'm I'm with a bank that's not local. I really never have cash with me. So. Um, so it doesn't bother me any, so I'm not no. worried about it. And it's going to be kind of like where you go to Synergy and you want, you want to play games. You have kids. There's going to be a little load, kiosk Yeah, you have, just have yeah. to load money on a card. I don't see the big deal. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm not bothered by it at all. No. Because everything now people, is, pa- is paperless. It's all yeah, based pe- on digital cards. People are going to find something to cl- complain about just to complain. Of course. I mean, because think about it. Before they built Hodgetown, how many people from Amarillo were bitching and moaning and complaining about it? Oh, they could. They need to rebuild. They need to uh, revamp the Civic Center. They we, there's better things that we can do with with all this money. We don't need a baseball stadium. This isn't a baseball town. And Hodgetown is probably one of the most successful ballparks in the country when it comes to minor league baseball. It is. You know, so, yeah, is. you know, like I said, people are going to f- find something to bitch about no matter what's going on. I mean, we could still have the De La Villa and have to deal with shitty restrooms. Mm-hmm. You're having to walk a long way to go grab what you want. The inconvenience of it all. Like, we are spoiled with this new stadium, and it's yeah. it's done wonders for not only Amarillo, but the entire panhandle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people come through here to, to watch games, and you have high school games played there. You have the Emerald College Badgers. They're playing baseball yep. there now. It's just great. It's it's good for downtown. And then you have, and then you have uh, concerts coming. Concerts. You know, like you saw Midland and Co-Wetzel. I did. Um, what's his name? Luke Combs is supposed to be coming this year to Hodgetown. Oh, and that's he's, and he's, a, he's a big name in, yes. in contemporary country music right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you... I don't like the fact that they're having it in November because <laughs> it's going to be cold. It, yeah. I've been to a, yeah. a, a concert there at Hodgetown in the middle of October, and it was cold then, and I was miserable. So I can't imagine what it's going to be like in the beginning of November, but, you know, hey. Why? Why did is. they have to choose November? That's I have no idea. Terrible. Like, a month, terrible you know, plan. May, June, July, August. That That's maybe even September, but November, no. No. And, and you know what? We do have some warm days in November, but it's a hit or miss. You know, yeah. one day it can be like this week in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then like today, it's it we was have, in the 40s we, most of the day. Yeah, we have such bipolar weather. And like I said, I've I've, I've been to a concert in, in Hodgetown during cold weather. I went to see, like two years ago, I went to go see Flatland Calvary. And it was like mid-October, mid to late October. And it was 40 degrees. It was windy. Um, and I was miserable. Like, I I didn't even say for the full concert. I ended up meeting you and Estella at Goonies later yeah. that night. Because uh, I was like, I, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of this cold. Like, uh, even with the blanket and with hot hands, like, I just couldn't stand it. 
Um, you know, so a big name like Luke Combs in the beginning of November, that's kind of that's kind of crazy to me. It's so still we'll going to be packed. Oh yeah, I'm you know, sure. It's going to be. Sure. And he just dropped a new album too, so yeah, it's going to be crazy. He's a hot. He's one of the hottest country artists right now. Yeah, in all for, country music for contemporary. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's very popular, so I'm I'm all for them bringing more live music entertainment to Hodgetown. I think it's a cool venue for mm-hmm. live music. It is, and I think once they, when they did Midland, because I went to Midland and that was the very first concert they ever did there, and it was a shit show. It was a clusterfuck. Was it? Um, but they learned from their mistakes because when Co Wetzel came to town which was about a month later, um, it was way smoother, you know, because when I went to Midland, the lines for the restrooms, the line to get drinks, they were ridiculous. The line just to get, if you had on-field tickets, the line just to get onto the field when you paid, I stood in line for almost an hour just to get onto the field for a ticket that I had already paid for. And but when we went to Co Wetzel, man, it was so much smoother. Like we didn't have to wait in line for anything. Like everything was just boom, 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 you know. And so they kind of fixed their mistakes. And I think, um, which the crowd at Co Wetzel was well, actually, I think Midland probably had a little bit of a bigger crowd just because they're a little bit more well known than Co. But because they're a little bit more contemporary, um. But it was Cole Wetzel was definitely a lot more smoother when it came yeah, to it the lines and things like that. So if they can do what they did with Cole Wetzel with Luke Combs, I think it'll it'll be a smooth concert for them. Yeah, I wish I would have went to that one, the Cole Wetzel concert. I bet it was pretty wild because he he brings a little bit of outlaw country. He has such a game. wild energy, like, and he's funny. He's funny, yeah. He has like he's <laughs> he connects well with the younger crowd. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, he was wearing a Pornhub shirt, like that tells you everything. <laughs> or no, it wasn't a porn. It was Brazzers. He was he wearing was a sh- he was wearing a shirt that said Brazzers and it had the Brazzers logo. I mean, that right there tells you everything about the guy. I mean, he's funny. He just doesn't give a shit. He is who he is. You either like him or you hate him. Um, but either, either way, he doesn't give a fuck. He's going to do country his way. He's going to sing about what he wants. And, and that's, what's great about him. Um, he fits into that genre of country, like Willie Nelson, um, Hank Williams Jr. Mm -hmm. Um, David Allen Coe, those, those outlaw country artists, Merle Haggard. And he's, that's what I like about him. He's, he's he's, kind of against the grain. You know and I mean? he's and he's started a revolution because you have so many of these newer country artists mm-hmm. that are s- trying so hard to be the next Coetzel, but they're just not it. You no, know? It, and you know I I think the best country music is outside of Nashville. Mm-hmm. It gets too commercialized in Nashville, and nowadays it's just all it's glorified pop music or mm-hmm. or rap country music. It, yeah, it, it's just too poppy for me. I want to hear, I want to hear artists that have natural talent that can play multiple mm-hmm. instruments, and they're not just yeah standing Same. there behind a mic. Same, and that's why I like guys like uh, the artistry's just like, dissipated. Yeah, like right now, my favorite country artist right now is probably Zach Bryan, um, and he's well, I would say he's from Oklahoma, but he's he was a military brat. So he's kind of lived all over the place, but he's, he's, he's come, he comes from Oklahoma, but he's not really red dirt, you know, cause mm. Oklahoma, Texas, they have that red dirt sound, right? but he's not really red dirt, but I mean, you can, you can hear some red dirt roots in his music, but, um, I love the way he sings and I, I love some of his songs. Like it, it, I, I would love for Zach Bryan to come to either Starlight or Hodgetown and do a concert here in Amarillo. But Zach Bryan, he's, he's getting big. He's getting really big right now. Um, speaking of Starlight and, Ranch, have you heard any, um, upcoming concerts there as far as country? Um, as far as I know, it's like the same artists. Like, I know Josh Abbott is going to be playing there. Um, 
you know, you're, I think Kobe Kobe Cooper just played there last night. Um, he's again, he's another secondhand co-wetzel. <laughs> Aaron Watson's the, tonight. Yeah, and Aaron Watson. I've never been a fan of Aaron Watson. He's just a kind of a local guy that he's had some mild big. success. Yeah, he's yeah. got he's had some mild success. He used to play at Midnight Rodeo a lot. Um, he's had some big songs. Yeah, some <clears throat> mainstream songs, I should say. You got you know Josh Abbott band. They come there a lot. Mm-hmm. Bowling for Soup is coming May fourth. Yeah, and I, I that might be a good one to go see. I kind of want to go to that. It's something different, you know. Um, you know they haven't, of course, been relevant since like the early two thousands. But hey, hey. But that 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 pulls <laughs> at our heartstrings, right? Like, oh yeah, all of that music from the early mid late two thousands. Anytime they're touring or come through. We usually try to go, you know yeah, what I mean? for sure. Like Pat Green's coming to Starlight May 11th. And Pat Green, he's had a lot of success too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Josh Abbott's going to be here the 28th. Mm-hmm. Um, Stoney LaRue's coming May 13th. Uh, Cinco de, there's going to be a Cinco de Mayo festival on May 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would like to see Stoney LaRue. Yeah, I like Stoney um, I've, LaRue. I've never, I've never seen him live before. I think it'd be fun to see him live. Brett Young uh, is coming June 2nd. He's a big name. I don't really like his music. He, he's His country is like slow. It's like ballads, like love ballads. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just not into that kind of stuff. I'm um, not either. Like his, his most famous song is In Case You Didn't Know. And it's it's just like a slow, like love break melody breakup. Yeah. I'm gonna drink mm. and and think about this girl that just dumped me. Exactly type of song, <laughs> and that's all his songs are is just kind of like slow love ballads. And I've got a coworker that's gonna be going to that. And she's like, "Hey, make sure you get a Brett Young concert concert ticket." And I'm like, mm, "I'm good." That's, that's more just, for the chicks, right? Yeah, I'm just not into <laughs> the that girly stuff. girls. Eli Young Band, September sixteenth. I love the Eli Young band. Me too. When I started getting into Texas country, you know, the Red Dirt country back, you know, in the mid-2000s, early 2000s, they were one of those bands with them and Cross Canadian Ragweed. Mm -hmm. They were really popular. So I I definitely want to go to that one. I saw them at Starlight in 2019. They were, they put on a good show. Wade Bowen, June 16th. I like Wade Bowen. He's pretty good. I'd probably go to that. Randy Rogers, I love Randy Rogers. August twelfth, I saw last time I saw them was at the Route sixty six Speedway. Um, they put on a pretty, and it was during COVID, and yeah. everybody, everybody <laughs> standing like six feet every, apart. No, everybody was close <laughs> as fuck to each other. <laughs> you know, everybody was bring your own lawn chair, and uh, you know, so everybody had their lawn chairs basically on the track. We sat on the track, and there was a stage in the middle, and um. We you just basically watched the show from your lawn chair. There they had like a little little standing room section, but nothing nothing too crazy. But yeah, this was in the middle of COVID, and we were <laughs> we were at this concert at the Route sixty six Speedway. It was pretty awesome though. Like they had fireworks going. I love Randy Rogers. Those He's, are the best concerts yeah. too. They're laid back. You bring your own chair. It's not super commercialized so yeah. you're not having to deal with all the extra bs and you know we get a, i think one of the biggest reasons we get a lot of these these country bands because it's texas because we're <laughs> the texas panhandle is so laid back and that's our vibe yeah and to me this is texas to mm-hmm. me the panhandle is texas and if you want to experience it you know you go to you go to some of these venues and you see these these artists they come back a lot mm-hmm. they travel through here and perform a lot and Starlight is kind of like our, you know, when you go to these bigger towns, like like take Lubbock, for example, they have Cook's Garage. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to San Antonio, they have um, and the Flores Country Store, you know. Starlight is our Cook's. Yeah, or our you know, Lone Star Amphitheater, like yeah, what Lubbock has. You know, yeah, and, and that's what it is. I mean, that's... 
But it's nice that we That's have our place. <laughs> we have venues like that, mm-hmm. and even like Hoots, they try hard and they get some good, oh yeah, good bands that go through there. Yeah, absolutely. I love going to they a, have, a they small have good venue, live music for sure. small venue, you know. Small venue and watching live music. That's cheap the best. drinks. A hole in the wall. Because that's one thing that sucks about Starlight is you're going to pay $7 a beer. Exactly. But if I go to Hoots, <laughs> you know. You may pay a little bit higher cover, you know, to get in. But, you know, the beer prices. Yeah. I'm going to pay gonna I'm gonna pay 10 to 15 average. bucks to get in. But I'm going to pay 250 maybe $3 a beer versus $7 a beer. Right. So... That that's the price you pay when you go out there. There is a festival that's happening in Lubbock in August, the Tequila Music Festival, the Taco and Tequila's Music Festival. I've seen some ads for that. Incubus and Third Eye Blind are the headliners. I would love to see the Third Eye Blind. I plan on going, and I was going to talk to you about this because I love Third Eye Blind, mm-hmm. and I like Incubus. I love too. Incubus too. Those are two good bands. Two that- two bands that help shape my adolescent years. And oh yeah. I love their music. I still listen to both both bands all the time. Like I told you, like Incubus's music all through the two thousands was amazing, and Third Eye Blind's the that album, their the Third Eye Blind album in nineteen ninety seven. That mm-hmm. I can listen to that front to back. I love that album. It's one of the best albums of the nineties for me. Yeah, and it's going to happen August twenty sixth at the Lone Star Amphitheater, and it's going to be fronted by. Jason Hiking and Thomas Boucher, they'll be producing the event in conjunction with the Wild West Harley Davidson. So there's going to be some corporate sponsors out there. They're going to serve tacos, tequila drinks. I think it's going to be awesome. I really want to go because uh, I think last year they had collect, uh, Collective Soul, the Toadies, and Bowling for Soup were the three bands last year at this festival. That's cool. And I guess it's just becoming an annual thing. Yeah. So who's the, who's so who's the third band playing? I'm not sure. Or is it just uh, well, third line? Bad Flower and Paris Jackson. I've never heard of those two. I haven't either. So That's still good though. Tickets just, just for English Tickets are a little bit pricey, but I think that includes, you know, food and the entry to get in. Yeah. So that's one we have to mark on our calendar. I really want to go to that what's one. The, what's the dates? August 26th. So it's a Saturday. Yeah, that's that's right after I come back from California. So I don't know if I'll have oh. money. <laughs> we'll see, though. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe we can get the hookup on some cheaper tickets closer yeah. to the date. Yeah, we can figure something yeah. out. Yeah, they're going to have beverage, food, and VIP options. And, you know, it's close. It's close. Yeah. It would be cool if they came here, right. but Amarillo probably couldn't pull an Incubus. Yeah, we we we're lucky if to pull a Seether or some bullshit like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some good concerts to look forward to. Hopefully, we'll be able to attend a few. But we're gonna move on and transition to our next topic. The NFL draft is coming up, and you know it's a hit or miss whether or not. The Packers or the Cowboys are going to draft anyone worth a shit. Mm. But we'll see. Have you looked into who you might want to see the Green Bay Packers draft? Um. Well, we 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 need some offense um, for sure, um, especially after losing Robert Tanyan, Alan Lazard. Um, Where did Lazard go? He went to the Jets. Okay. And. He denies that his decision on going to the Jets had anything to do with Aaron Rodgers, but I highly doubt that. He's a um, damn good receiver. Not, I mean, here's here's my thing. So there's a lot of Packers fans pissed that we didn't re-sign Alan Lazard, but if you look at his numbers, he really didn't do shit for us. Like last year. But he's a young guy. Last year, when when Devonte Adams left, he was supposed to be the number one guy. You got to remember. I think he has a lot of upside. You, you got to remember Devonte Adams was was pulling a thousand plus receiving yards every year. Alan Lazard barely got us like seven hundred fucking receiving yards, and that's without Devonte Adams. So I, I, I'm sorry that like that's not enough for me to be like. Oh, how many he's the targets best. did he have? That's the thing. And how many receptions? Well, and that's another thing is he was hurt 
and he was out like four or five games for the season. Um, and, and that's actually been pretty consistent. He's, he's injury prone. Um, and again, he's, he's never, the whole time he was with Green Bay, he never, he never reached over a thousand receiving yards. Never. Not even close. And so to me, like his production is not enough for me to be like, oh my gosh, how come we didn't assign Alan Lazard? You know? Did we really lose anybody special? To me, no. Not anyone highly productive, no. To me, no. I just, I I remember I saw him play at Iowa State for yeah three or four years, and that, that guy. He was great in college. His measurables are great. He's got a great catch radius. He's got great hands. Like, he's, I think there's some upside to him. He's a great slot receiver, but he's not a number one. To me, he is not a number one. He was supposed to be the, a number one last year on a on a squad, and he was not. Well, right now, looking at the CBS NFL draft projections, Green Bay is projected to go with a safety, or they're looking at a safety from Alabama, or everyone's projecting that they may take a safety at number 15. And that is one position that we definitely do need is safety. Um, we also need a tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, so do we, we need a tight end as so, well. And they very well could end up with two first round draft picks. And so it's a very good possibility that they draft a safety and a tight end in the first round. Right. But are the jets going to be willing to give up a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers? So far they haven't been you know, and the rumor has it is that they're going to make a deal on draft day mm-hmm. um, because Aaron Rodgers has already told everybody, look, I'm either going to the Jets or I'm not playing. He's he's told that to everybody. Right, he has his heart set on the Jets. Yeah. And he's publicly he's, came he's, out and yeah, said he that said, multiple he's, times. He said, I am going, if I'm going to play next year, right. I am going to play for the Jets. Which I think it's a great fit for him. And it's mm-hmm. in a second resurgence of his career, second half of his career. I, th- I think that he would do well there. Yeah. That team is set up to win. They need a quarterback. Yeah, and, for sure. You know, like they've got a good defense. Um, they have a decent enough offense. And um, oh, what's their coach's name? He he coached. He was the defensive coordinator for the Forty Niners. Um, Sala. Sala is a great coach, and. Um, I think he can definitely take the Jets deep into the playoffs. I don't think they're they're Super Bowl ready, but I think they could definitely make a long run in the playoffs. Possibly I win still, their division. I still don't see them beating like you know, say like the Chiefs. But yeah, which um, there's not many teams that you can say can beat the Chiefs. can beat the Chiefs right now. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, you know, with the Cowboys, we need a tight end. I'd love to see them, you know, draft um, Sam Laporta from Iowa. He's a great, great tight end in college. See, and I was and hoping I think more... he would transition to the yeah. NFL and be a very productive tight end at the next level. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I would also like to see us fill the need at running back. If Bijan Robinson is available, we better fucking take him. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. It's kind of like one of those deals when when Dez was available. That. I could definitely like we, we, see we got Dez getting Bijan because he was the best player available. Mm-hmm. And some sometimes you just, that's how you have to approach the draft. You have to go with the best player available, and you may not necessarily need that position in the moment. But it's hard to pass up a. He, he's I wouldn't say he's a generational talent, but he I can see him being a very highly productive running back in the NFL. Oh yeah. For a long time. For sure. For sure. And my prediction and I'm just going to go with um the last couple of years. So the last two drafts we have selected Georgia Bulldogs with our first picks. And with us needing a tight end, I could see us getting Darnell Darnell Washington with our first pick. And I would oh, love to too. see Darnell Washington. 
Or in, another, in you know, another tight end, Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, mm-hmm. the big white dude. Oh, dude, he he's a beast. Yeah, that guy for sure is, is going to be a great NFL tight end. I wouldn't be surprised if if he's still available when the Cowboys pick at twenty six. So we'll see what happens. We need a well. Shit, we're going to be at that sod poodles game, but it's all right. We'll get updates on our yeah. phone <laughs> for sure. ESPN. For sure. For sure. And we can't skip the Sawpoodles game. With it being Thirsty Thursday and Hall of Fame, Troy Aitman's going to be there. Got to go. Yeah. One of my childhood heroes, by the way. I could, I could give two shits. You could give Troy. two shits, but <laughs> Troy, yeah. But, hey. but you know, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan since I was little, so. Yeah. I want to I wanna see the atmosphere and maybe we can get close to him. But I think it would be cool. I think it's going to be cool. But the draft is always exciting the first round. After the first and second round, I could give a shit. I just, yeah, I just I look usually, at the look at the updates and just get filled in on on where yeah. we're at and and who's still available. I, I do like to see you know Oklahoma guys get picked high and see where they go. But other than that, I'm I'm not a big fan of the draft after the first two rounds. You know, yeah, usually after like round two or three, like I usually don't pay too much attention. Like I'll. I'll I'll get updates and then I'll be like, okay, let me look up this player that they got, and you know I'll try to maybe watch highlights on YouTube or something like that. But other than that, I don't. I'm not gonna sit there on my couch watching ESPN as the draft is going on after round two. I just can't do it. No, it it gets too monotonous, and I can see how some people are like, you know, hardcore. They want to see you know all of their draft selections and keep up with it and, and see what directions their teams go but it's just it's really hard to keep up with after after the first round the first round is very exciting you yeah. know players can get, make a lot of money in that first round and it's always exciting to see who goes number one overall but, yeah so who do you think is going to be the number one pick um i think cj stroud i think it's going to be bryce young but one of those two. I, it's, it's definitely, yeah, I think it's going to be one of the two. I, I'm thinking Bryce um, just because he has more of a, I don't know. Would, would you say he has more of a solid reputation? I mean, he's a Heisman Trophy winner. And and I think that's what kind he's of played, sets, here's sets the deal. him apart. He's played with more NFL-type players he, at yeah, Alabama. Yeah, he, play, he plays in the, and S- he plays in the S- SEC. Yeah. The hardest conference, the most difficult conference in the country. And he's I got think, great coaches. I think CJ Stroud is a gamble. Yeah. I kind of kind of like it reminds me of Justin Fields, you know, when he went yeah. early in the draft a couple years ago. And he hasn't produced at all in the NFL. Stroud, he had his moments. You know, he's a great college quarterback. Let's see if it'll transition to the NFL. Let's see if if he's going to really be able to grow as a passer, mm-hmm. be able to fit that ball in, in small windows. It's not going to be as wide open as it is in college. Mm-hmm. You know, level of competition, as we all know, is so much higher. But he's got the measurables. He has, you know, a, a great quarterback coach there at Ohio State, great system. And a lot of these, you know, power five guys that that are with these blue blood schools – a lot of times they're more ready than mm-hmm. most quarterbacks across the country because they, the level of competition they face every week and the level of coaching they have and the development is just so much higher. So I could see both of them having very successful NFL careers. But either, and, either one of those, I mean, it's going to be one or two, whether it be Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or vice versa. And who has the number one pick? Carolina, right? I believe Because I, so. I, I know yep. – because it was supposed to be Houston, but Houston. Yeah, Houston's number two. Lost, uh, or they won their last game, and virtually giving up the first round. So it's Carolina, right? Carolina. And so yep. I, either one of them are going to a team that is desperately needing a quarterback, and not only that, they're in a division that is weak. Right. The the NFC South is a very weak division. And so I don't think it'll be hard for them to find some type of success. 
Right. I mean, and they're going to be expected to step on the field game one mm-hmm. and ask to produce. You know, in this day and age, I think kids coming out of college are more ready to step into those roles, especially quarterbacks at the Power 5 level. They can find success early in their career. I mean, you look at Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. He, he stepped in, you know, halfway through the season with the 49ers and look at him now. He's one of the yeah. most hot, hottest up-and-coming quarterbacks in the league. And you, and you see, um, you know, in Cincinnati with Burrow, he's he stepped in right away and, and has produced at a high level. So yeah, it is possible. The level of coaching and the level of athlete is just so much greater than it used to be. And I think these guys will have some success jumping in, but Houston is a dumpster fire. And <laughs> I think D'Amico Ryan's taken over – um, you might see some better play from Houston. Um, I mean, they're, it's not like, I mean, they're going to have to compete with, with a team like Jacksonville, who's on the prowl right now, yep. you know, um, with Trevor Lawrence being as good as he is, uh, that team is only going to be better next year. And so I, so I could still see Jacksonville winning that division cause you know, the Colts, they're falling off, mm-hmm. um, Tennessee, they're falling off. Yeah, they, the Colts have got um, so the fourth pick, and Houston, they're going to look at a quarterback too. Yeah, Houston could definitely get up there if they find the right quarterback. If they get a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud, I think they can definitely make some moves. Um, which, I mean, I'm, now that we're talking about quarterbacks, so you talk about you know these quarterbacks being successful in their first year. What do you think Jordan Love's going to do after being – you know, after sitting on a bench for f- three years behind Aaron Rodgers, is he going to? I mean, you look back at history, maybe, right? You look back yeah. at history with with Rodgers and, and yeah. Favre. Mm-hmm. He sat on the bench and for he learned years. from one of the best. And Love is learning from one of the best. And he won a, a Hall super, of Famer. And he won a Super Bowl within the first two years. Right. So I think uh, Jordan three Love. Years. Jordan Love will be ready. I think he's going to have some success. He may struggle in that first year. But I think he's your quarterback of the future. Yeah, and he's absolutely. had that development. That's the biggest thing. Like he's benefited from that. I'm I'm excited to see him play the whole season. If he could play like he did against Philly, uh, it, it's so ironic how this is all. How unfolded. much <laughs> everything has been a repeat. It, yeah. Like take for example when Aaron Rodgers first stepped in for an injured Brett Favre against the Cowboys, who at the time was the number one team in, in the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers played like like he's been playing for 10 years, you know. Jordan Love last year stepped in for uh, Aaron Rodgers against Philadelphia, who was the number one team in the NFL at the time and was flawless, you know. Um, and now you have Aaron Rodgers... Going to the Jets. Brett Favre also went to the Jets. It's, it's very like, ironic. It's very, uh, it's it's crazy. You couldn't it's make crazy. this shit up. You couldn't. You couldn't write like, that this in a script for a movie. Even though the NFL is supposedly <laughs> scripted, like I don't think they. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't up. think they knew this far in advance, like how this would go. But yeah, the thirty for thirty is going to be lit one day. Yeah, for real. And if Jordan Love is, you know, the the prototypical successor that's going to go on the field and high have high success right off the bat man that's that's going to be wild if he just lights it up year and, and, one and this is one of the reasons why i think he's going to be so good is he's not going to have a whole lot of pressure on him because number one he knows the system he knows the offense mm-hmm. he's he's been on the team for three years Plus, he's got a great running game behind him, so he's not going to have to throw the ball a lot, like a Justin Fields. That's why Justin Fields is struggling, because there's so much pressure on him, because he doesn't have a good running game, doesn't have a good offensive line, and he's having to run for his life every play. He's having to, to throw these deep throws, and he's not an accurate passer, and that's why he's struggling so much, and I don't see that that with Jordan Love because he's got Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon behind him. Right. He if if our offensive line can stay healthy, we could have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Um but they got to stay healthy. That's one of our big problems with our offensive line. David back back Bakhtiari who's one of the best offensive linemen in the game, he's just always hurt. 
You know, like he missed a ton of games last year. You know, if our offensive line can stay healthy, he can really, really shine because he's got those running backs. He's got a guy like Christian Watson who is, I think, in his second year is going to fucking kill it. Because he finally found a groove there in the middle of the season last year. And I think he's going to kill it. Romeo Dobbs, if he can stay healthy, he's going to kill it. Um, those are two good, two, two good number one, number two receivers right there. We just got to have that tight end. The tight we, end. We, we got to have that tight end in the, in the, the equation. Our defense right. is going to be great if everybody can stay healthy. We have one of the best corners in the game, Jair Alexander. Um, we just got to fix that one of the safety spots. Yeah, I mean the Quay success. Walker. The success at quarterback, man. It yeah. It begins with protection, mm-hmm. and if you've got solid protection, you're set up for success. And I think we he he'll have a solid offensive line as long as they can stay healthy. You know, solid line and and, yeah. a, and a potent running game. And defense, Quay Walker. He just needs to mature a bit. You know, he got ejected from like three games last year. <laughs> Uh, he's very he's a very emotional player, um, but I mean he led the league in tackles. He's a beast out of Georgia. He just he just needs to mature a little bit and and not do stupid shit, you know. Um, but but yeah, I think I think we can at least be a wild card. I don't know if we'll win our division because you know Detroit they're coming up. Uh, Minnesota's always tough to beat. So it's going to be tough for us to win the division. I think we can at least win a wild card. It's hard to gauge, too, you know. Yeah. Sometimes those dark horse teams turn out to be the best team in the division or the worst team in the division. Yeah. And, you know, with the Cowboys, our success is going to depend on how well we can run the football and how well – and how much production we can get out of the quarterback position. And yeah. We've got to get yeah. – you know, we, we added Brandon Cooks. I'm going to just tell you all right now. If y'all I get, don't know if, if that's going to work out. If y'all get Bijan, I'm buying a fucking Cowboys jersey. <laughs> Are you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. If y'all get Bijan, you know, I mean, I've always... – I'll put my hatred aside if we get Bijan for the University of Texas. <laughs> I'll embrace him as one of my own. He can come but, in and he can – he can play with a star on his helmet, and he can play for America's team. I won't hate him. Hey, look, I've and I'm. I used to be one of the biggest cowboy haters, but it, it's not that I hated the Cowboys. I just hated most of their fans. You hated the fans, but, and and I'm a Cowboys fan, and I hate most of the Cowboys fans. Yeah, but here's keep, the thing: keep it real. Ultimately, I am a Texan. I am from Texas, and it's hard not to root for the Cowboys. Like. I ha- I have more than one favorite team for reasons. I grew up being a Packers fan because I loved Brett Favre. Yeah. And the team just stuck with me and I've been a Cheesehead since at least 1994. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um but you know, I do have other favorite teams. Like I've I've always liked the Chiefs because my mother lived in Kansas City for 15 years and I used to go up to Kansas City every summer. And I've always liked some of their players. Like Priest Holmes was one of my favorite running backs. And geographically, it's semi-close to where we live. It's semi-close. It was and a Kansas nine- City is very similar to Amarillo. It was a nine-hour drive whenever I when I when when I would go up there every summer to go see my mom and my brother. Nine-hour driver, and it was nothing but turnpike, which was awesome. One of the easiest drives is from Amarillo to Kansas City. Yeah, I've passed through there once. Because once, to once, Ohio. once you once you pass Wichita, Kansas, it's nothing but turnpike, and like it's easy, it's easy to stop because you have so many rest areas like in between, and so it's one of the easiest places to stop. And one of the cool things is like you pull over in the middle instead of on the outside, like on the right, like you would with anywhere else, and it's like one of the easiest drives to make. And Kansas City is just one of the one of the most underrated cities to visit. Best barbecue, um, great sports, great museums. Um, you know, there's just so much to do there. And the downtown, the Power and Light District, don't even get me started with that. A it's lot of awesome. people don't realize. Great nightlife. And a lot of people don't know that our city was mirrored 
after Kansas City. Really? Our parks, our roadways, even buildings and architecture. It, a lot of a lot of what we do here is mirrored from Kansas City, and that we because we crazy. had we had a developer that. from Kansas City help develop our area. I did a not know that. Know that. That's yeah. that's that's pretty crazy. But I mean, I could see it, definitely see it. But yeah, Kansas City is great. It's like, like Kansas City's up there with like Louisville, Kentucky, as most underrated cities to visit. Yeah, and I'll be going to Louisville in June. Can't wait. So <laughs> I passed by Cardinal Stadium and St. Louis. Um, drove by the Arch. I've went through that area before. Going to uh, Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, it's the Midwest. We can we can connect with the Midwest and we can connect with the South where we're from. Yeah. But yeah, I mean the draft. It's gonna be it's gonna be entertaining that first round. Okay, we're gonna transition to the last topic. We're watching boxing tonight, and right now we just witnessed a knockout, and he didn't get up for a while. He's still down, and then he just was wobbly, and then he just fell to the ground face first. So fight predictions tonight. We got Aaron here. He's joining us. We'll start with you. What do you What do you think is gonna happen? You know, I gotta go with uh, my Mexicano Garcia. Will win. Yeah. I, I I think he will beat Gervonta Davis. Ah, Davis. I don't know. Garcia, he's he's got the speed. He's got the accuracy, the good combos. I just think he's going to outlast him. He's got the speed. He's got the power. He's got the reach. He's got the height. 135, 140. Well, Garcia normally fights at 140. Yeah. But Gervonta Davis refused to fight Garcia at 140. He looks, um, he looks skinny, though, like way too skinny who javante or no garcia. garcia i mean he's always been skinny he looks he looks skinnier like sunken in like his face oh. and his stomach like he looks he doesn't look as filled out but i still think he's gonna win i don't know i think tank's gonna win i want garcia to win but i think tank's gonna win i mean this is the very first uh this is the first big fight for garcia Javante Davis has already fought 12 title fights. How many title fights does Garcia have? None. Right. None. And I well, think it's going to be too much pressure for him. And I think Tank is just going to capitalize on that. And I think t- all the pressure is on Tank's side. He's he's won all of those title fights. I think he's going to be expected to do it again. You know what they need to do again? What? I remember, they, remember when Mike Tyson and uh, Roy Jones fought? Remember, remember that fucking clown show? Yeah, fucking. <laughs> he has some weird rappers on there trying to like the fifty-year-old boxing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a mess. How many? Wasn't it only like uh, four rounds? Something like four that. or six rounds. Were they, were they like one minute? One minute. Yeah, uh, it was. It was over like that. But I just remember I was like the Legends Boxing League right. or whatever it was. <laughs> I just, all they remember is those lame ass performances that they like the rappers are trying i'm like and then <laughs> it was but it the, was corny but the, trying to say but, it was corny. The, but the best commenter was fucking snoop dog man snoop dog oh, yeah. <laughs> he's he oh knows. yeah incorporating snoop dog into it was genius that was i mean he that was pretty cool but oh you know i just want i want to see a knockout i want to see a good fight i don't want to see a boring fight i want to see a hug fest uh i don't think we'll see a hug fest I mean, especially at that. That's probably what it will be is a hug fest because they're both going to be scared of each other. They're, they're both going to get scared to be knocked out, and so there's going to be a lot of hugging. I mean, that's part of it. Clinching is be, part of it. It's part of the strategy and whatnot. But but there will never be anyone like Mike Tyson. Come on down the street, Jackie, you punk-ass white boy. Come in and tell me that if I fuck you in your ass, you punk white boy, you faggot. You can't touch me, you're not man enough. I eat your asshole alive, you bitch. Fuck you, you hoe. Come and tell you my face, I'll fuck you ass for that. Everybody. You bitch. Come on, you bitch. You're scared, coward. You got man enough to fuck with me. You can't last two minutes in my world, bitch. Look at you scared now, you hoe. Scared like a little white pussy. Scared of the real man. I'll fuck you till you love me, faggot. <laughs> he said, I'll fuck you till you love me. <laughs> That just proves how 
how animalistic he is and and in that moment he's ready to kill somebody. I would just look at him and be like, Yes sir. Yes sir. <laughs> yes sir. You're right, sir. Yes sir. You pull out of the fight. I'm a, I'm a, like what what's happening? Are you boxing? No, I'm about to get fucked in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. So that's what I'm going with. All right. Well that wraps up Nigga, episode one twelve. So. <laughs> yeah. Adrian made some ribs. They're good. Tune in next week for episode one thirteen. Peace. Peace.